All right, we are starting our... Keep it down in there. Our podcast. Okay? Okay. Thank you. (laughs) They're like, and? All righty then. Hello and welcome to the Outpost Podcast. I'm Lacey, alone on the couch today. Nobody wanted to sit next mm-hmm. to me. You're but bouncing a- around. <laughs> across from me is... Marcus. And... Daphron. Good. And your friendly neighborhood, Derek. Perfect. Don't get used my first Very good. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm happy to have all of you here. We just got some coffee and snacks. Derek did not partake in the coffee. Mm-mm, I want caffeine out. <sighs> I, can't, t- I can't do caffeine like afternoon or else I'm up. He's just above it. I'm just old now. You know, I'm almost opposite. I do. I prefer caffeine after like 11 p.m. Or I mean, (laughs) a.m. Oh, yeah. There's that's the truth. Yikes. Um, I don't like it, but in the morning it makes me anxious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's start off with some community questions. Let's do it. So, Derek, what do we have? Let's. Well, let's find the mailbag. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Just popped out of the sky. Perfect. (laughs) There the whole time. All right. What do we got in the mailbag here? Dino. Dino. Dino, Dino. This is fun. Dino, Dino, Dino. Who is the fastest person in the office? Uh, Viola. Viola. Viola is definitely the fastest. She's yeah. got youth Speed on walker. her side. Is it Tom? Would Tom? No, not even. Tom's close. got long legs. Yeah, he's tall and lanky. You think Viola would be I faster gave, than Tom? Didn't I give her the nickname 18 Speed or something like that? Something like that. She's a fast walker. Did you see the way she comes in the office every morning? She comes uh-uh. in blazing. We're talking about fast walker or we're talking about fast worker? Because oh. Oh, oh. Oh. I don't think we have too many fast workers in here. That's fine. <laughs> she just ran in from the other room. There's a reason you don't get your shipments quickly. It's definitely Viola's fault because she's slow. <laughs> Sorry, this is damaged. Mark made Roast. me do it. <laughs> Mark raced me one time and pulled his groin. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was going to bring that up if nobody else did. I destroyed you in the race. We forgot that part. He won. And then you oh, were destroyed for like two weeks after that. Or did I destroy you can you really call it destroying me when you are the one that ended up with a severed muscle well, like you were the you destroyed like one city block. no you did not i felt bad for you <laughs> Ooh, just because <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> walk afterwards all right what else we got in there oh let's see what else we got here worst job you had in high school and a story about why it was so bad <laughs> i got that unlocked I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my job so okay. when i was in high school I get some spending cash. Um, my grandmother is a teacher, and I would clean teachers' cars after school for money. And sometimes it was great. It's fine. <laughs> but other days it was terrible. Like, for example, I had somebody come to me and said, my dog threw up in my car in the back seat. Mm. She's like, I cleaned oh it up. Oh, my gosh. But it's still a little bit, there's still a little bit of a smell. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. We schedule it and the weather looks nice. Well, anyway, the day comes and it's like the hottest day of the year. And the car had been sitting oh, in no. the hot sun, mm. baking mm. with just emanating fumes of dog vomit. Wow. So, yeah, needless to say, that sucked. Did you make progress on it? Did you? Yeah, made it better. Mm-hmm. Better. But by that point in time, it like seeped into the 
That's called a barf sauna. The barf sauna. <laughs> That's is. precisely what it felt like. Like I just got out, it was sweaty. And was it my own sweat? Was it the evaporated dog vomit? Making dog brownies. Yeah. It's just Gross. it was so bad. But other times it was great. But that job was very interesting. It had its good days and it had its terrible days. And it had its barf days. And yeah. it had its barf days. Mark keeps getting me to try to clean his car. I tell him I've retired from that business. <clears throat> I was pretty spoiled growing up. My mom told us that if we were involved in sports, then that could be our job, you know, that we could focus on the athletics and our school and we didn't have to have a real job as long as we were in some sort of cool. sport or activity. What were your sports? I played soccer, mm -hmm. basketball, and ran track. Oh my goodness. And wow. then in danced. Like one year? Like that was- Yes, that was like, all wow. three seasons. And then I danced at a dance studio all year long on top of that. So wow. I've always been like this. <laughs> okay, this way that I am now, I have always been this way. I was in band and jazz band and, you know, that was cool, I guess. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. Actually, <laughs> the band nerds were like the cool kids I at my school. The band, well, maybe it was different in the 80s. We made fun of the band nerds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about you, Da? I didn't do anything in high school. That's because um, he was one of the stoners that was <laughs> making fun of the band kids. <laughs> Yeah, you were making fun of the band I, kids. That uh, was your full time job. I like road BMX and that culture, so I didn't. I wasn't. You were too. You were too cool for kid. high school. I played baseball until uh, junior year, and I got sick of the team sport thing. And do you have a job in high school? Did my extreme sports job? Job in high school. Worst yeah, job? I was a dishwasher at a restaurant, and it was a horrible job. Really, mm. sixteen when I started. Mm. Fifteen, I don't know. I had youth on my side, but my back would just be breaking at the end of. That shift working until 12 30 in the morning and Ugh. but one thing that particularly stood out was the servers would always come and throw down the dishes and some of them were really cool about it you know they're like oh this guy he's got a horrible job let's be nice and just gingerly set the plates down and no big deal but others would just come in and like just chuck them and like like their frisbees food off the plates would splash you in the face it, it happened all the time it was like yeah uh, just made the yeah, dishwashing not a fun job, but that's how I financed all my BMX parks and bikes. And so it taught me something about you know work ethic. What about you, Mark? I worked since I was like twelve, so I did stuff working with my dad. I worked at Taco Bell. I worked cleaning dishes at Albertsons. I did roofing. I pumped gas. I did all the roofing, all the roof. all the difficult, terrible jobs. My dad, you know, was like, you're going to be grateful you did this at some point. And I am. You then appreciate when you don't have to do those things. But at the same time, you know, people complain about lots of things. But, I mean, a job's a job. You got the good life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The designers. We're just sitting around in a circle talking. Getting paid. <laughs> no, How about do, them I mean, apples? I didn't say I was, you know, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't answer Mark's the like, phone. Hey, Hello, man. thanks for calling Blue Blazes. Can I help you? <laughs> My life sucks. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. I'm sorry, customer. Let me put you on hold. Hi, welcome Derek. to Blue Blazes. I love you. <laughs> yeah, we We're just like, right. we're spoiled. We have a good. We got, we got a good. Thing. I agree. All right, what else is in there? All righty. Oh, we got a, the mailbag closed. Use my face ID on the mailbag. Okay, here's a good one. Start with the end in mind. Well, this is great advice for creative work. How could you apply this concept in less expected ways? Hmm. Okay, so the concept is start with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. How could you apply this in less what? Expected ways? In less expected ways. Like what are some other applications to be able to take that same mindset or concept and apply it to things that maybe aren't necessarily 
creative. When you decide if you're going to order the spicy beef asparagus, <laughs> oh, you think no. about the end of that spicy beef asparagus. <laughs> Did you have that same experience? <laughs> oh, no. Did you guys have a joint spicy beef experience? I think it was independent, but similar. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> um, we did not have a joint experience with that. But, yeah. I... <laughs> That is a very good. That's valid. That's when good. you eat, think of how it will come out. Uh-huh. If it's spicy going in, how is it going to be I, I, in I, the I, end? <laughs> yeah, I think the heart of the message is, you know, sh- how much time should you be spend working on something without being focused on the big picture, the vision? Right. We talked about this a little bit earlier about our tagline, like what do we stand for as a company? What are we about? And I think having clarity on those things from a business perspective helps you make sure that your decisions align with the goals of the company outside of that in personal life. I think that's really interesting because I'm not sure we always take the same mindset, right? Like, should I eat that? Right. Am I really focused on like trimming down and having more energy? And should I be getting the 32 ounce blizzard or, Mm. you know, or am I going to settle for the 24-ounce blizzard when I really should be like, maybe the 8's okay, right? Maybe the 8-ounce blizzard is probably plenty. I pondered that thought the other day when we had a little ice cream craving. My wife and my daughter went, and I'm like, I need a pint of Ben & Jerry's mint chocolate chip cookie. And they came back with like little teeny, like almost sample. Mm-hmm. They're trying to be good, and I'm like... What is this? I know I should ice not, cream for ants? Yeah, I know I should not eat this whole pint, but I'm going to because I just want to. I feel bad. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> and then I we ate ourselves. Myself. I ate the whole, whole pint. Yeah, I felt terrible. And that's probably the highest calorie content ice cream you could possibly get, most likely. Yeah. The question oh. that was really like, how do you apply it in unexpected ways too, mm-hmm. right? So like, what if the end in mind is like, okay, at the end of this, you get a reward, right? So perhaps you're making the journey a little bit longer to increase your anticipation of what's coming at the mm-hmm. end. That might be a way to kind of think about having the end in mind, but in a less than normal way. Right. That makes sense. I got nothing. Okay. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on that. Okay. It's, it's a good question though. I'm definitely going to... Mm-hmm consider it okay anything else that is it the mailbag is empty for right now are you ready for our main topic i am ready derek i'm are ready. You ready ready somebody want to drop a sick beat for me my name nothing. is derek and i'm here today <laughs> oh, no. we're gonna rock it with the main topic oh my <laughs> dang there goes all of our followers dank <laughs> Dank. We yeah, exactly. Dank. All right. It's time for the main topic. That was You're not living up to your rapper name. It was D-Lock. painful. Okay. <laughs> that was um, good. <laughs> main topic for today is focusing on your own brand. Okay. So a lot of people are in a service industry. A lot of people create and manufacture products. And in business and even in your personal life, our own brands often get neglected as we are focusing on things externally. So I want to talk today about our own brands how we focus on them, why it's important to focus on them, why we sometimes don't focus on them. So 
I'm going to start out by the fact that our sister company, Blue Blazes, is one whose brand we've been focusing pretty hard on lately. And Derek and Daffron here have led the charge of that. So can you talk to me a little bit about what inspired the idea of putting some more focus on our brand? What inspired it? Yeah. Well, that's tough. Don't you think? I mean, you can you can bring it. Yeah, it just needed I, some renovation. It needed it needed to more accurately reflect what we're doing and mm-hmm. what, where we're going. Yeah, I and mean, I think I that was the 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 kindling for it, right? We could identify the needs. Like we are entertaining clients. We're doing all kinds of work. We've got a great rapport. We're getting lots of word of mouth work coming in through that channel. Word of mouth primarily, recurring work. But we didn't really appear to have any personality outside of that. Like from a social media perspective or a website, frankly, it just kind of got embarrassing, like selling websites when you don't have your yeah, own selling website. websites with no actual website. Mm-hmm. And even though people would say, well, we trust you, you know, we hear good things. We're not worried about it, but it just came to a head and we were like, just tired of it. You know, yeah. you got to look the part. And also, I mean, the, the thing with blue blazes is, you know, you're doing client work and we have a lot of passion we have a lot of experience that we get to apply to those jobs and our brand blue blazes as a brand is a reflection of that previous to now you know it wasn't doing that it wasn't an accurate reflection of who we are and where we're headed so taking the time to really kind of focus inward and identify that is of the utmost importance especially you know if anything just to have something to get behind and be proud of, to be able to represent your work, to fly your flag. I think there's a number of ways that people view this. When I was growing up, I heard things like always be selling, right? Like you should always be pitching and pimping your brand. And I think there's some truth there, but I don't think I believe that entirely. But I also lived, uh, I would tell myself the lie that it was self-focused to shine too much of a light mm. on your own brand. And so mm-hmm. for a long time, we kind of flew under the radar and be like, we're going to show what we're capable of. But we really didn't get any exposure because we didn't take advantage and leverage what it means to promote your brand, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to be a selfish thing. However, I think a lot of companies do it so poorly and so in such a self-focused manner that it kind of hurts marketing and branding in general when people just constantly are posting, you know, or promoting in a way that's just like, hey, look at me, we can do this thing for you. Like all the spam mails and everything that you get is just constant barrage that is not building relationships, right? It's not promoting a mutually beneficial relationship. I just want to hop in here real quick Mm -hmm. and talking about like selling versus showing and sharing and the big difference for that. And I think people get really turned off if they're being sold to all the time. And that's kind of what we see with a lot of companies that take that angle with their brand. It's one thing to be proud of your work and, you know, for lack of a better term, not be humble about it, like promote it, be proud of it, show it, flaunt it, but don't take the sales thing and don't put other people down. And and there's a really good line and a, a really fine line to walk there that can benefit you. Daphne, you wanted to add something? I was going to say that perception informs reality. Without any perception, people will form their own reality and opinions. and It can even inform our own reality. Like, I think that we just needed an infusion of personality and that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, we're working on merch and stuff like that. And 
all things that will kind of shine a light on the personality of who we are as a brand collectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an invitation. I think like Derek said, you know, charismatic brands invite people and they share without the motivation of extracting money from them, right? I think if you provide value, that's going to happen anyway, right? If you actually provide something, a service or a product that is beneficial for someone else and is, you know, motivated by their success, as we like to say, then the money part of it takes care of itself. And so you start conversations and you share and you say things like, well, you don't have to buy. You're still welcome here. Like be part of the conversation. Inform our product development, inform our service development. You know, what do you like about what you see? What, what do you hope to see more of? You know, like those types of conversations are super healthy, healthy uh, and helpful. And that's also a, healthy. A, healthy. Healthy is like, the, yeah, the infusion of those new two word. words, yes. right? It's a new word. <laughs> healthy is... Hashtag healthy. So I don't know. Just by observation, by watching companies who do a really good job of it, and we learn a lot as we go through life, and we're learning now, and we'll be learning in 10 years, and the openness aside from creating a money machine where you can just constantly be worried about moving your profit needle forward. That's the thing that demotivates me is when we have a client approach us and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we skip all those steps and get right to how can I jump the numbers? I want the phone to start ringing. And, you know, shortcut approach is just kind of not what we believe. I think companies who focus on their own brand should really be focusing on how they live their life and sharing their values so that other people who share those values will want to work with them. Yeah. Branding is definitely more of a marathon than it is a sprint, mm-hmm. right? It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of training, a lot of hard work in order to get there. Sure, you can sprint everything, but it's going to be so quick and such a flash in the pan, it's not going to sustain you. It's also not believable. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said for the slow, steady hand and your consistency and your trustworthiness is demonstrated by the longevity, you know, and what people say about you. That's another aspect of this was right. Focusing on your own brand sometimes means shutting up and letting your customers do the talking, you know, because that's a much more believable message. Whenever I want to talk about brand identity, I'm drawn to the conversation of practice what you preach. You know, like if you're selling something to someone, there's a sense of integrity that can actually make you work better when you know that you're doing for yourself the things that you're telling other people to do. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. We almost felt like it was kind of hypocritical to, you know, do this work for clients, but not be doing it ourselves on our own end. That's a common thing, right? You mm-hmm. know, the cobbler's children have no shoes, right? Mm-hmm. That's People say that. It's a very common saying in business is we're so busy taking care of other people. We are not really doing a very good job taking care of ourselves. But as we've talked about before, that's not really healthy, right? Like you have to take care of yourself so that you're in the best position to help others, mm-hmm. right? Put your oxygen mask on first before you help someone put their mask <laughs> yeah, on, right? Yeah, like, exactly. That's a good analogy. Yeah. How do you think that people and brands get to the point where they've neglected their own brand for a while? You know, what is the habit pattern that causes you to stray away from actually paying attention to your own brand and what's happening within your own brand? One thing is they don't start right. They don't have, mm. you know, a positioning statement or they don't understand you know, but didn't we just hear something the other day? Like, if you don't know who your customers are, you won't know where to find them mm-hmm. or your clients. Yeah. They just lose focus because they haven't really started out the right way and to begin with. So every situation is like reinventing the wheel. 
reacting instead of like reactive yeah. instead of proactive and yeah I, like i'm reading that book i think i may have mentioned it in an earlier let my people go surfing i think i don't know by yvonne chenard the patagonia founder and he's got a lot of pretty exhaustive narrative about like what they stand for and and they have you know a mission statement and everything and it's like it affects everything they do like the photography that they select they're well informed and they all are on the same page and if you don't have that going into starting your brand out the way it gets kind of like what you're saying you get off course and also if i could just jump in real quick branding is hard and branding yeah. yourself is even harder i agree I, I know with blue blazes like yeah it is hard. i mean that's why blue blazes is a business right is because not everybody can do branding and to try to tackle your own brand such a daunting yeah. task it's much easier to have somebody else come in and, and advocate for you on yeah it's on simple but it's hard it's hard to execute on it you know and things happen like in the company and things change and mm -hmm. it gets neglected and it just kind of snowballs into this big tangled mess of what is my brand it's not just a logo yeah what does it mean or a word or a word mm -hmm. yeah maybe we should so just define our our view of that right mm -hmm. so Brand is not a logo. It's not your visual language. It's not marketing. Branding is not marketing, right? Your brand is the culmination of thoughts and feelings and reputation about your entity. Okay. So some of it is perception that is generated by your audience and the public at large. And your effort in branding is to educate and share your values and your value. To the world right so it's like well we're going to come up with this proprietary look and feel this color palette and this typography and all these design systems that help us communicate clearly consistently and constantly right three c's of branding those things become the foundation for marketing it's also your message right it's the content these are the things that we believe this, this is, is how we, we behave this is who we are what we do and why you should care mm -hmm. right until you have a grasp of what those things are and can communicate that clearly, consistently, you can't market well, right? So branding is the predecessor of marketing, right? To go back to your question, the reason I think a lot of companies get lethargic or ignore it, I've seen this happen with all different sizes of companies. The people at the top oftentimes will see it as an expense or a luxury to do anything to maintain and 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 fix, they, they say it's good enough, it's fine, mm -hmm. business is fine, business is fine, until business isn't fine, and then they're scrambling and be like, well, we got to do this, we got to spend this money to do this thing now. Now it's the worst time to do it because we don't have any money. It's like, well, had you maintained that, you probably wouldn't be in the same position that you're in now, right? Right. But the foresight isn't necessarily there. Educated companies or companies that maybe been around the block a little bit more will actively budget, plan, and get excited about their investment into themselves, right? I like to tell people, especially people who kind of are on their early stages of learning about branding, is that like when you hand somebody your business card, that is a reflection of your perception of your own company and your brand, right? Like if it's a crappy card and it's on cheap stock and you bought it from the cheapest place online and it's one of the templates or whatever, and you haven't put any thought into it to differentiate you, 
that tells anybody that you hand that to that that's how much you think your business is worth. And you know what's funny? As Derek, I'll look at you as a millennial, <laughs> is wouldn't you say that now it's like when you tell someone your Instagram handle and they go look at it, you know, can they tell you've put thought and intentionality behind it? Or is it just, you know, these w- one-off things that have no strategy behind mm-hmm. them? Yeah. I think that's like the 2020 business card is your Instagram <laughs> handle. <laughs> yeah, <not really>. And <laughs> people are smart, right? And people are smart and they see through it. And one of the other things that I've become more aware of as I've gotten older is the way that people self-talk, right? So it's true of business and it's true as just individuals, you know, people say, well, I can't afford that. Okay. What I found is struggling companies say, I can't afford that. And successful companies say, how can I afford that? Mm-hmm. Right. The statement, I can't afford that, shuts down the opportunity. And the question, what do I need to do to make this work? Is the solution, right? It's like they find a way to make it work. Even if it takes time, we'll be like, okay, well, in nine months, then we're going to have all the things that we need. So let's do this now. We'll plan for it. We'll just do it. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, but it's worth it. Right. right. And so that's a lot of our learning. And I'll just be honest, you know, I've been doing this a really, really long time. And most of the time I've been doing it, I've been playing small ball, right? Small companies, small pond for a lot less money than we were worth and didn't really have either the confidence or the know-how or the energy to evolve. And you know, four or five years ago, I just kind of changed. I went through kind of a little bit of a metamorphosis, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And my whole mindset's changed. And I think you know the team kind of reflects a lot of what they're bringing to the table and they're driving this thing. And we're really excited about that. But I think that does hold a lot of people back is their mindset and their self-talk about what marketing and branding really is. Because I think if there was a really accurate understanding, people would be way more excited about their marketing and their brand. And they would be excited about investing into it, handing people just a killer business card, you know, or, you know, a branded you know, hot air balloon, you know, deployed into the sky. I'm just saying it's <laughs> yeah, a good like a idea. Zeppelin dropping <laughs> That's down what I'm cool. saying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. I have a thought as to why, at least for myself, I sometimes get away from focusing on my own brand, even if it's my personal brand, if it's my business. And here's my thought. Tell me if you think it's good or horrible. Okay. <laughs> I know that I am a bit of a people pleaser. And so I sometimes we'll sacrifice the long term for the short term, right? If I can get a little dopamine hit from somebody telling me I did a good job on something for them, I put out a fire for them, I do something here, then I'm getting this little dopamine, little dopamine, this little bit of self-affirmation about what I can do for other people. When you do things for yourself, the return doesn't come at the same time that the action comes. It comes further down the line. And so you have to have this patience built to know that you can wait for that reward to come. And I don't have that all the time. You know, that's when I think that I end up making space between me and my own brand is when I'm chasing other people's affirmation instead of my own Mm -hmm. intention. And a lot of times I'll just say the affirmation doesn't come at all Mm -hmm. right like you don't get kudos from other people sometimes you just have to be like i love this i poured my whole passion and in my soul and my spirit into this work that i'm doing and i know this is the right thing and i've spent way too much time doing it to make it perfect or as close as i can get it and that's just gonna have to be good enough for me 
So do you think that that happens in other companies as well, is that people get kind of distracted doing things for other people because they're getting that short-term reward and the long-term is sacrificed because of that? I think it's especially prevalent in service industries. I mean, where you're providing a service because, I mean, your service is to put out those fires and to help the client. And so it just seems like that's just my job. And that's what I have to do in order to ultimately, you know, stay afloat. But to your point, what you were saying earlier that, you know, investing in yourself is the long term self care of your brand. If you just keep chasing little fires, you're just going to keep doing that forever. And at some point, you're going to get burnt out. And then you're going to be in real bad shape. I've been there. It's terrible then you definitely don't want to work on your brand because you're like, I'm a failure. This brand isn't worth anything. I guess it's more of a personal brand thing. But you really have to take care of yourself, like we were saying earlier, before you can take care of others. And I think that's paramount in life. And I think it's also paramount in business as well. And maybe it sounds selfish, but it's not really. And we're learning it as we go, I'll be honest. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, this is all new to me. Saying it and knowing it and believing it is one thing and doing it is another thing, Truth. right? Because what happens is your own work will always get trumped by important, urgent client work, there's right? Always like there's more always important. like, nope, that's not as important. This client is and, expecting this, right? And don't you think that's exactly what happens inside of my decision making mm-hmm. is, you know, I know that if I spent an hour a week working on my own LinkedIn presence, the way that people pay us to work on their LinkedIn presence, that it would yield me more sales because I would have gained more influence because I was putting more time into my own brand like a magnet, but I don't do it. I just don't do it. I don't put the time and effort into it the same way that I would if somebody was paying me $100 right now to do it. Something I always think about too is there there will always be something more important. And if you don't take the time to do it and you don't dedicate the time to do it, it's never going to get done. I mean, we had to do that with blue blazes, essentially. Like there was always client work that had to be done and there would never not be client work that had to be done. But you know, these things didn't happen until we took time out of our already busy schedules to learn and make the website and figure out the identity and all that sort of stuff. But the point is that we took the time to do it. We said, you know, we're going to do it and everything else can wait. Oftentimes I make the analogy of it's like gardening. Like some people think you deploy a website and it's one and done. I don't have to touch that for a couple of years now, which is, you know, ridiculous. It's really easy to accomplish something for your own brand and then feel like, whew, this sigh of relief. And, you know, what it really needs to be is a recurring or a seasonal planned for, budgeted for project that's just as important as any client project. Mm-hmm. And with Orange Nebula, it's a little bit more important because we're actually, you know, building audience that has much higher numbers than clients. And we're also selling products, right? On the Blue Blazes side, which is the service side, it's really much easier to get lazy because we were like, well, we have world-class work for 20 years, right? Like we can just keep showing that same stuff. Well, some of it's not as relevant and it really isn't as fresh and it's not as, you know, there's some nuance between the two. But if it's not important enough to maintain it, it's going to fall away, right? Just like exercise or anything else that's Mm -hmm. also really important in your life, brushing your teeth, flossing your teeth, right? I keep having the visual of a home and you know how like when you neglect little maintenance things in your home, like you just kind of, you don't even see it, you know? Because you're in the home every day and little by little things are happening, not all at once. And 
all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, we're having visitors over, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're like, how did all of this happen? You know, you look under the couch and there's things there you can't believe. It's disgusting you. Right. You almost puke. You have a barf sauna, you know, <laughs> yeah, under right. your couch happening. You didn't even know about it. And I think brands can be very much that way. Just little by little, your brand gets neglected, neglected until you don't recognize mm -hmm. it, you know, if you're not putting that consistent care into it. You can't afford not to put an effort into your brand. So when clients say they can't afford it, they can't afford not to. If you're starting out a business, there's no equity in your product or your service. Or good point. Yeah. People will make an assumption about your brand by how it looks. So the visual is important right out of the gate. And then brands are living and breathing. So they start in their infant state and they, everything looks pretty. But then that brand has to also be articulated through how the person at the front desk answers the phone. How you look on social. I was at the restaurant and I saw a whole group of people from this company. Like, how are they acting? You know, this is so many things that are involved in the whole brand thing. But yeah, people, they'll invest hundreds of thousands of dollars, whatever, into equipment or this or that widget for their brand. But then they won't spend the money on, I didn't get the logo guy to do that. <laughs> I got my brother's cousin's uncle's mm -hmm. friends. He's in high school, graphics class. He'll do our logo for a hundred bucks. You know? Yeah. And he'll do a good job. You know, but well, boy, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you actually want to take a brand somewhere. Yeah. When you two were working pretty steadily on, it wasn't exactly a brand refresh, but just refocusing the brand you've been working on, what were some of the main challenges that you faced kind of introspecting on your own brand and, and working on that? I got one. Is it the web? Yeah. That's so right. yeah. So we started with, we need a website, yeah. period, end of story, right? We're a creative company without a website. Like, what? Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, well, let's, let's hop on the website and start going. We have a logo, we have colors, and we have some fonts that we've used. So there's enough there to cobble something together. Well, we get the website, you know, just about built, and we kind of realize that it's really just a website. It's pretty it, sterile doesn't communicate anything about blue blazes as a brand as a logo on there but it's it said nothing about who we are or what we do it was not an accurate reflection so we kind of put the cart before the horse and to much frustration i mean daphne and i <laughs> well i was hesitant to say anything even though i was as creative director i'm mark's given me the job to kind of oversee things and i'm of course working very close with derek and he was doing 98 percent of the lift on the digital end of it but I just felt bad that he put so much work into it and then it was on me. I didn't say anything about it. I was like, oh, it looks good, but not really. Like it looks, <laughs> like it looks good. It wasn't his fault. But yeah, it, it does the job. It would do yeah. the job. It wasn't like it was terrible. But just like Derek's saying, we didn't have any kind of uh, visual language established. We didn't have a personality. Mm -hmm. And we know what we wanted because we've been talking about it for years, but it wasn't articulated in that medium the way it should have been. So... We <laughs> we scrapped it in the 11th hour and Derek and I put some time off after hours on the weekend and we just crammed and made it happen. But I have to say that the website is so much stronger because of it. Yeah, like, and we know it's a work in progress. It's a whip. It's not done yet. We know that we could have done yeah. more, but what you're seeing, whoever goes to that website, blueblazes.com, was thrown together pretty quickly. More good yeah, things we, to Yeah, we've had websites over the years, and this was, you know, we took the other one down just because it was not an accurate reflection of where we're at. And, you know, being in business for 20 years, that's going to happen. I totally took over, Derek, sorry. 
No, that's oh, good. No. You guys the guy are doing doesn't a say anything for like the whole it. podcast, and then he takes just he's alive. Railroads over Derek. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, you good? I like trains. It's possible to have a really world class design on a site and have it still feel dead, and that's where the content comes in. And I think the fusion of the two, and when they're married properly, that is when it can come to life. When you can feel an emotional engagement to people behind a company. We try really hard to do that on both brands, but most of the our audience listening to this podcast probably on the Orange Nebula side, but I have a world-class team. I mean, these guys are insanely talented, and this is just another example of like, you know, we have a million things to do, and this is one of them, and it usually is the one that gets that's, kicked to the back burner. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> I mean, we run lean. We're, we're a small team, and we're doing, with the two companies, a massive amount of, of work. <laughs> so... Yeah. There is some of that plays a factor too. There is simply just not enough time. And, you know, so we oftentimes will have to do stuff outside of normal, you know, which is fine. We're all passionate about it. And And we also know it'll pay off, right? Harvest is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Mark's like, I checked the numbers, dude. I'm not seeing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the other side of that, as you've been able to actually put some time into reflecting on the brand, what has been rewarding being able to spend that time reflecting and putting out content again, like this resurgence of outward communications? What's felt rewarding about that? For me, it's just been seeing our stuff like on Instagram and sharing that with the world and having a platform to share it with yeah we have a tiny little following right now but you know nobody knows we're here yet and we please follow us on instagram at yeah. brighter <laughs> you encouraged us Lacey. you were making comments and even though you're part of the team i don't think you knew that it was launching at that time no anyway. i didn't i wasn't quite so ready it was for it like, oh whoa mm-hmm. look at this you know it's mm-hmm. kind of like all right guys you did it and we've had other comments here and there and people are just you know, hey, it's cool to see that going. You know, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And another thing, too, is like the confidence I feel by having a solid website and Instagram presence and just yeah. ultimately a more solid brand behind me. You know, it makes me yeah. feel much more confident and much more capable than I did before. It affects the morale. It affects the culture. It mm-hmm. affects, you know, and that's like power, you said, part of confidence. the power of branding. Yeah. Right there. And if it does it internally, I can promise you it happens externally as well, right? The faith that you are capable for your potential clients and and customers, you don't know what you're missing. If you don't invest in your brand, you have no idea how many bounces are coming off of your site or how many people will go to your site and be like, um, they can't handle it. And when you do invest and you have faith in what you do and you really are able to be vulnerable with people and say, Hey, this is who we are. These are what our values are. And, and if that's not a good match, that's great. But if it is, you know, let's connect. What, a, what an easy, wonderful thing to do. When you invest in your brand, don't you think that it carries some of the weight for you? I know that when I have in the past transitioned from not putting much attention on my brand to, you know, having my brand have more of a presence, I don't feel like it's all my job to persuade people to work with. Exactly. To prove myself every single time because Mm -hmm. I have something showing what I can do already, you know. So I don't have to use so much of my charisma all the time to persuade people. Mountains of charisma. Sometimes it gets sucked dry, you know. (laughs) 
know what I mean? <laughs> the like, well is dry. The charisma well. It's nice to be able to lean back on when a is brand. That? Is that like 4.32 a.m.? Every day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some days. I'm get up two hours. I'm finally run out of charisma. The charisma well is empty. Sounds like you. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> But that's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, if you have something that's going to be able to display that and kind of be your cheerleader for who you are, you feel less pressure to puff up your chest and, you know, I can do it, you know, and, and, you know, kind of get defensive almost, right? Yes. Where I think we've landed now is one of the easiest ways is once you've made the commitment to your brand, you go through the stage of setting it up and deploying it and building the systems, you know, for social or for your website and then, you know, all your other visual language stuff, your business cards and whatnot. If that isn't consistent and already dialed it, get that done by some professionals, right? Blueblazes.com. Once that once that's <laughs> done, you have to build a process in that, like, for example, for Blue Blazes, every time we finish, you know, some amazing work for one of our clients, it's going to go into our, our Instagram feed. It's going to go onto our website and we're going to like build processes and build time in to make sure that we're keeping it fresh and we're just feeding it. And that is a healthy expression of our value to the world, right? It's sharing. It's not selling. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, here's, did you even know that we had, you know, the ability to do these types of things? You know, we can do package design. We can do vehicle wraps. We can do trade show, you know, display world-class stuff. A lot of our clients didn't know that, that we did these things, you know, for big companies and sometimes small companies. There was a lot of momentum with Orange Nebula for a long time. You know, so that kind of stole the show and, you know, rightly so what Marks and Tom have done and, you know, well, everybody for that matter, but mostly those two, like, so when you have 11,000, what we have on our email list, it's, I uh, think it's getting to 12. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. past that. I think a huge audience. So Orangebula.com forward slash. It's over, <laughs> yeah. it's it over 14. That, like that's where the heavy pull has been for a long time. And, you know, so, but. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's so nothing we, wrong with We kind of like, I'm not trying to apologize for that, but it just kind of took a lot of our attention and, and it needed to. But now that's got a strong foundation. and Yeah. But look at like we took the time, the intentional time to invest in Orange Nebula and look like where it's at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like that. That is like proof right there. Yeah. And you can see the results tangibly. Mm-hmm. The moral of the story for me is it's an investment, yep. right? An investment has a return if you manage it wisely, mm-hmm. right? It's just very simple. You make an investment, time, money, manage it wisely. In the right season, it's gonna have a yield. The harvest is always in a different season than the planting. Yep, it's definitely a marathon. You can't expect results overnight, overnight success. Every overnight success you see is just hours and hours and hours and a lifetime of hustle and dedication. It only seems like it was an overnight success. Well, I personally am very proud of the work that both of you have done. I know that it is hard to focus on your own brand and especially when you're being pulled in so many directions. And I think you both have done such a good job getting it together. And I get so excited every time I see something new come out. You know, maybe it'll inspire me to focus more on my own stuff. (laughs) Like a proud mom. Yeah. Look at my little children. (laughs) So proud of you. Yeah, but that's yeah, good to hear. Those pixels, like like knowing that and knowing that you know other people are just by virtue of sharing our work are as excited yeah. as we are about it. I think is what really helps yeah, put I, put I fuel in the tank. Saw some of our colleagues in the design community were encouraged by it. You know, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, we will talk more about brand and brand identity as we continue here on the Outpost podcast for today. Let's wrap it up. Okay. So if you enjoyed this content and you want to hear more from us, Derek, where can you find us? Blueblazes.com. <laughs> Yeah, you can find when us at orangenebula.com. When are we starting the Blue Blazes podcast? <laughs> that that so, well be this in, is in it. So. Have the yeah, equipment. Just, yeah, this, is like the, this is like the special guest star yeah, episode really. of Orange Nebula <laughs> featuring Blue Blazes. Orangenebula.com. You can yeah. sign up for our newsletter there. You can find us on all of the social channels. At Orange Nebula. We've got Facebook groups, the Outpost Community Group, and the Unsettled Facebook Group, if you like those kind of mediums. And um, our newsletter for Orange Nebula is something that you have to be a part of if you are a part of anything. Okay. If so you want sneak peeks, goodies, coupons, discounts, and all kinds of contests yeah, and it, amazing stuff. Someday and, he'll learn to say coupons correctly. How do you it, say coupon? Do you say coupons? Coupons. Coupons. You gotta you get my coupons. With an e. That's how I say I say coupons. You don't too, call dude. them coupons? We appreciate you all so much. Coupons. Thank you for coupons. coming and joining us here. <laughs> we hope you have a great rest of your day and we hope you keep being inspired and, and creating and focus a little bit more on your brand. Clip them coupons. Yeah, and if you have more questions, you can always reach out to, like for, for Blue Blazes stuff, you can always reach out at Blaze Bright. Right on Instagram. Fill out the contact form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you. you we'll talk to you soon. Bye. I gotta get pumped oh, up. Oh, Daff. <laughs> I gotta get like. You reminded me of the pizza man who assaulted me. <laughs> <laughs> Assault from a pizza man. It's a, an autobiography from Mark Daffron. Mm-hmm.